The Labor Day long weekend is here, which of course means the Labor Day Classic. Bombers, Riders, Regina. Today we spoke with two golden super fans who are heading out to Regina. We talked to the Golden Boy and Gold Member. Also on the subject of labor in Manitoba, it's been a year full of strikes. What can we expect as we move forward? It's Friday, which means we had our weekly Gab with Gabby. Also, Le Burger Week starts today. Fancy burgers abound. Why not have a local Burger Week? And inspired by a crazy story out of Nebraska, we had lots of fun today asking you about times that you simply overstuffed your car. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Loren McNabb and Greg Mackling, who's back on Tuesday. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Friday, September 1st podcast for The Start. It is McGarry and McNabb. Mackling is off today, and normally just before we start the show, sometimes we'll just say, what do you want to start with? And as I was going through the list of topics, I'm like, Labor Day Classic, Labor Day Weekend, Speed Zones, we just heard in the news, mm-hmm. MPI Road Test, but I almost, I almost feel just like a, like a PSA, a public service announcement, in case you <laughs> haven't seen it and you want to see the blue supermoon, you can. It is visible and it's beautiful. Well, what is for you? You can't see it? I'm working from home today. I have some appointments to get to, and uh, no. You texted me, and I was like, ooh. <laughs> and then, oh. Oh, you poked your head out, and you couldn't see it? Yeah. Ah. Cloud, the clouds. It could just be by the time. I, I mean, it was probably five minutes after you sent the note, and so at that time of day, 545, things are rapidly changing, right, as the sun starts to come up, but no. So your pictures were beautiful. We have some listeners who've texted in great photos this morning, others who are showing us the moon trying to peek its way through the cl- clouds, but it's bright, hey, from what I can tell? Oh, yeah, it is. But actually, it's funny. I just looked out looked out the window two minutes ago, and it was in plain sight, and now I can't see it. So I guess there's more clouds uh, trying to ruin what the fun. What a roller coaster of emotion it this is. moon is bringing us. I just, I, I'm looking out the window right now. I'm like, where to go? Where to go? But, yeah, it's just hiding. Anyway, um, so if you got some cool pictures and you want to share them, feel free to do that and enjoy it while you can because it's not going to happen again until 2037. So now I'll, I'll carry on with that initial thought. Where do you want to start, Loren? <laughs> well, it's September 1st was my first thought when I woke up this morning. And the long, long weekend is nigh, but it's the last long weekend of the summer. And so I'd love to know how people are going to plan to spend it because it's going to be a beautiful one from all accounts. At least tomorrow's looking really good. Uh, Sunday's not too bad. And so as we get into September, kind of just curious how everyone's feeling. I think I remarked, was it yesterday? It's all a blur this mm-hmm. time of year that it's, it, you know, like it's, it's a, it can be an anxious time, an exciting time, a busy time. And so this long weekend sort of just feels for, for me and my family, like the last grasp of let's get out there and enjoy ourselves while we can. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even like you're a busy family person. And even for me, I don't have kids. I don't have a family, but I still feel that there's a definite shift in energy. We'll see it with increased traffic volumes. And uh, but this weekend, I anticipate will be a relatively quiet one 
inside the city because people will be fleeing out to their cabins to enjoy this last week. Like, and you talk about Sunday, sunny and 30 is the forecast yep. for Environment Canada. On that Monday, cloudy with a 60% chance of showers and a high of 25. We'll get the full details from Environment Canada in just a moment. But also at this time of year, I always this is kind of where I, I say, okay, I got to buckle down. I got to try to lose some of the the extra pounds I may or may not have gained over the the fun months of summer. And then I'm slapped in the face with a delicious reminder that this time of year heralds the arrival, the return of the Burger Week. Oh, it's like this week was made for you. Like well, you should be on its posters with your scrapbook of burgers. <laughs> the scrapbook, yes. That's right. I got to head out to Oak Bank to see the scrap chicks and get a scrap ch- scrapbook. But uh, somebody pointed out to me that uh, the Grove, which just happens to be one of my favorite spots in Winnipeg, the Grove Pub and Restaurant, their burger is called the Couch Potato. Oh, cool! I I really feel like you you frequent there. You're not like a, you're not the norm of the Grove, but you do go there quite often. Yes, it's been a while. It's been a few months actually. Now that I okay. think of it, I'm sort of ashamed to say that out loud. But yeah, I do like to to go there for lunch from time to time. So I absolutely must go there. What's in it? it like, had- what- there's the coach, like, I'm looking it up now. Oh, the, it has a potato chip in it, it looks like. Yeah, they call it a potato crisp. It's got a potato scallion bun. It's uh, So they've got, okay, Havarti, the house burger patty, Havarti cheese, French onion cream cheese, bacon, sautéed onions, pickles, topped with potato crisps on a potato scallion bun. So that uh, they're they're running that for seventeen bucks. Most of these burgers are they, that they offer up. They just sell the burger, and it doesn't come with a side. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say most, I, but a lot of places do that because a lot of a lot of times people will come in in groups of three, four, five, and they just want to try the burger, and they'll cut right. it up into multiple pieces, and then they'll go on to another place. Uh, so you might not get fries of that, but I will be doing that. And uh, later on today at 9.35, we're going to be speaking with Jay Kilgore from Finns because, and you caught this, Loren, on uh, Twitter slash X that they've got two offerings at Finns and one of them is actually going back to basics. Yeah, you know, and I, and I kind of dig this idea. Like even the potato scallions and the crisp that you talked about at the Grove Burger, it still looks like a fairly basic burger but over the years it seems like you know everything everything in the dog has been thrown on the burger you know like the egg i know is a popular choice but that's not too out of the norm but people got really fancy with them which is cool some of the flavors have been amazing but uh, we'll hear more from uh jay at finn's just about the sort of back to basic idea keeping it simple like the way we would maybe make a burger at home so we're you know what i already hate today because now i'm starving and it's 6 11 <laughs> and usually it's more like 7 11 <laughs> Maybe eight eleven that I get there, but now it's an early start for me being hungry. Mm-hmm. And then ar- around eight thirty five, I think I'm going to be jealous because we're going to talk to the golden boy and the gold member. Yes, uh, two huge blue bomber fans that paint themselves in gold are heading to the Labor Day Classic, and I've always thought that'd be such a fun weekend. It's such a hard, uh, it's not a hard choice. Football fun would be great. The tailgating would be great. I know it's a great party in Regina, despite you know Greg probably groaning at any sort of. Po- complimentary comments about Saskatchewan but it's also your last long weekend of the summer so you're trying to figure out how do I spend it so I, if anyone's heading to the LDC let us know yeah 204-780-6868 so lots to dis- lots of fun things to discuss today but of course we also uh, have some serious things to discuss like for example around at 705 uh, an important situation for an important organization that's running out of something they need 
Yeah, it never crossed my mind that this would be the case, but you know, the ban on single-use plastics means eventually you won't be seeing any of that plastic cutlery out there, and that's a big deal for Silo Mission. That's what they use at their lunches, their suppers, their meals, and so what's the fix? Well, one volunteer is on a mission. She's going to join us at 707. It's McGarry and McNabb. Mackling's off today. Crazy fun story out of Nebraska. There was actually a doubleheader of Nebraska stories to close out the news yesterday. One was about the 92,000 people who went to the Nebraska football stadium to watch a women's volleyball game, which is nuts. That was cool. And then they followed that up with a story in northeast Nebraska about uh, a car driving with a bull in it was pulled over. But don't worry, Loren, he didn't steer. <laughs> I didn't write that, by the way. But uh, here, thank I'll, God. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is Norfolk Police Captain Chad Ryman trying to describe this. I imagine with a straight face. Uh, well, uh, the officers received a call, reference a car driving into town that had a a cow in it. Um, they thought that it was going to be, you know, like a calf, something smaller, something that actually fit inside the vehicle. As a result, the, the officer performed a traffic stop and addressed some traffic violations that... <laughs> I love how he has to still use official police language. I thought it was fake. Like, I thought it was like I saw the picture that you sent because you send the email out every day about what we're going to talk about. I thought it was fake, and then I saw it here on Global News, and it was real, and it was moving its head, and I'm like, this is absolutely ridiculous. This guy has modified his Ford Crown Victoria with so that to fit this bull, whose name is Howdy Doody, to <laughs> ride shotgun with him, and apparently he does, like he takes this bull to parades and stuff, but uh, when they pulled him over, he said he wasn't going to a parade, and it wasn't clear why, howdy duty, and he had driven more than 30 miles from their home, but the officer gave him a warning it, and you asked have him to turn around. People have to look at this because we're not just talking like you're picturing maybe just a steer, but like it's a bull with massive horns, yeah. right? Just like sticking out of the car. I don't even know how this guy gets away with modifying that car, let alone putting a bull in it. I like, know. Like when the, that officer's like a number of traffic violations, it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> that car's getting. It's like impounded. five feet of horns on either side of this <laughs> bull. It's crazy. It, it, I mean, it, it's ingenious the way that he figured out, okay, I'm going to just cut this off and put this here, and now Howdy Doody can go for a ride with me to 7-Eleven or whatever. <laughs> but uh, in the meantime, we want to ask you, there are a couple of ways we can go with this. Uh, one is, have you ever crammed too much stuff or too many people into your car? Uh, or if you want to go a different way, what's the weirdest thing you've ever seen? in someone else's car as you were just driving by or walking by. 204-780-6868 for a chance to win Banjo Bowl tickets. And Loren, why don't we start with you? Okay, so it's just it's just a matter of when you go to other countries, you have to remind yourself, like, this may seem odd with where you are, but it's not odd in the country you're in. And so when I was in Israel, I'd often see camels, like, just standing in the back of a truck, which wouldn't be much different maybe than a horse. It's just that you're cruising down the highway and you're like, oh, Hello, camel. And the camel's just pulling up beside you. I've seen pigs on the back of motorbikes. Like they're strapped in. And I'm, I'm going to guess they were just bought to go home to be 
eaten, but I'm not sure if it's like a pet pig. And then on a more personal front, I once had my car so packed on a drive back to university. I was going through the States to get back to Ottawa that, I, of course, I got pulled over at the border and they brought sniffing dogs in because it just looked like I was just a, like a oh, wow. person up to no good. And the dogs found my cookies that my grandma made and they oh. took them. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, my god. I think they thought they were weed cookies. Grandma would never have done that. Do you think they but ever it was take so stuff suspicious. It was so jammed that you could tell they were just like, as soon as I pulled up to the thing, they're like, pull over, lady. This is ridiculous. Do you think they ever take the food just because they're hungry? Yes. Mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> we are confiscating that in the name of the law. Uh, Sarah, what about you? Yes, mine was also like a returning from college story. Um, anyone that's packed a U-Haul, just uh, props to you. I've done it once and never want to do it again. This was like during the start of the pandemic when it was everything was done, school was going online. So I'm like, well, guess I got to pack up my life and uh, get out of here. No point in being here. But it is just a puzzle trying to fit everything in those things. So probably crammed way too much stuff in. There were tears swearing tears the family apart you know <laughs> it never, really does never want to do it again did it work though uh, did you get it, it done it worked and we, I mean it was hard to shut the door but we got it done <laughs> grease crinkle cram yeah you'll be fine what about you Cam uh, well I'll just uh, tell a story this is the depths of the sinister behavior of my wife uh, perhaps borderline evil um uh <laughs> When my wife would go on, and this was before we, this is when she was younger, they would go on road trips to Las Vegas almost uh, every summer. Um, Her parents love Vegas and stuff like that. So uh, anyway, so what Skye would do is she would say, um, I'll take, you know what, I'll let you, because it's going to be a real long time. We're going to be doing lots of walking. I will take... I'll take the front seat and you, I mean, I'll take the back seat and I'll let you take the back seat on the way back. Cause they would trade, right? So either you get the front seat or the back seat and Sky would say, uh, I'll take, I'll take the front seat this whole time. And I will have to, you know, I'm, I'm really screwing the story up and stuff like that. It's really, it really sounds complicated, <laughs> but she would set it up uh, in a way that because she knew that her mom was going to pack so much stuff in the back seat mm. That Sky would would then sit in the front, so she didn't have to be all crammed uh, with all the stuff in, in the back. So she would set up her sister so that she had to then be amongst all the <laughs> objects that were purchased, and she would be she would be comfortable. And she made it seem like, oh no, I'm doing you a favor. You know, you're going to be really exhausted on the way. It's going to be lots of walking. You 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 take that spot <laughs> when we go there. And, and but it was all calculated. <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally messed up the story. I got it totally confused. I got it. I hope it yeah. makes sense. I got sense. the gist of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the best part is that you described your wife as evil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> bo- I said borderline evil, which is significantly different. Yeah, that's better. That's better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Forte, what about you? Uh, I was walking down Chief Pegg's trail. I'm walking on the side, and uh, all of a sudden I hear something. It uh, doesn't sound good, so I look over, and a truck had lost his load, which was a brand new couch. It was oh, still no. in the plastic, wrap, wrapped up and all in plastic, and I just hear the tires screech, and I see the guy get out, <laughs> and he was livid. Like, this was a brand new leather black couch, and uh, I felt bad for him. You know, I bet you he didn't do the old flicking of the uh, straps and went, that ain't going anywhere. Because once you do that, you, you know it's secure. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Where's that going to go? 
Exactly. <laughs> All right. So 204-780-6868 for a chance to win tickets for the Banjo Bowl. We are asking you to tell us about a, either A, a time that you crammed too much stuff or too many people into your automobile, or just what's something weird that you've seen in someone else's car, like this guy in Nebraska who was uh, had his bull named Howdy Doody riding shotgun in his modified Ford Crown Vic. Reminder, we've got Banjo Bowl tickets to give away. We're asking you about times that you stuffed too many, too much stuff into your car or maybe too many people or inspired by the guy riding around Nebraska with his bull named Howdy Doody in his Crown Vic, uh, moving from a bull to a different kind of animal from this. This is Sandy Loren. Uh, I can't, I know, I actually don't know. Sandy has a text that I'm going to share in our next one. Okay. This one that had no name. They said, I sold five ewes, so five sheep, and a ram, which is a male sheep, to a guy. He showed up with a minivan. I'm like, okay, we'll try. <laughs> okay. Then to my amazement, there was already 10 lambs in the van. I explained that the ram would try to do ram things, but we stuffed them in. He paid, and I often <laughs> wondered how his ride home was. <laughs> The ram would do ram things. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, that's great. So keep those coming for a chance to win Banjo Bowl tickets. A winner shall be selected at 9.15. In the meantime, this week we had a loyal listener reach out with an idea on how we can help some of Winnipeg's most vulnerable. Yeah, she's a volunteer at Siloam Mission. And right now, Siloam is in need of something that you might perhaps not have considered. Uh, you might recall last year, the government announced a ban on single-use plastics, which means plastic cutlery is being phased out. And as you can imagine, plastic cutlery is what's been used to help hundreds of homeless eat their meals at Siloam every single day. Jean Gendron joins us now with more. Good morning, Jean. Good morning, and how are you today? I'm so happy that you reached out because I think what you're doing is really cool. And I, I did not think about the plastic cutlery component that has been crucial for so many. So are they out of the cutlery or just running out? So I must clarify, I'm actually not a, a volunteer at Silo Mission. I guess I am now with this little project <laughs> I've taken on. Um, there was a, They had a post on Facebook saying that with the uh, elimination of plastics, they're in need of real cutlery because, they, uh, you know, uh, very shortly they will not be able to supply what they're normally using. I am an avid garage, avid garage sailor, so I thought I always see cutlery at garage sales. So for the last couple of weeks, I've put a post on the Winnipeg Garage Sale Map Facebook page uh, just asking people if they're selling cutlery at their garage sale, if they wouldn't mind giving me the opportunity to get it ahead of time. I'm willing to e-transfer uh, what they're wanting for their cutlery and uh, hoping I can amass some at, towards the end of the garage sale season, enough to at least give them a, a good start in what they're needing. How much, what kind of response have you gotten so far? So the last couple of weekends, I've had three or four pickups. Uh, I must admit, I'm living a great life, and we're living at the cottage for the summer, so I'm into the city one day a week and do my running around uh, to those that have responded. And so far, and in all honesty, I haven't had to outlay a dime, so that's been nice. Anyone that's seen it and has had cutlery, I've just offered to give me the cutlery, so it's worked out well that way. 
You know, when I think about the things that the most vulnerable might need, there's just a, such a long list, Gene. And so this is one of those things that might seem minor, but if they run out of the cutlery, then they, they need to find another way to for people to eat their meals. So I'm going to guess, and I don't know, but you said you got a few responses. You're going to get more now. I'm sure a lot of us phase out our cutlery, or we might have a camping set that we could give. I mean, are people just saying they had extras, or is it a whole set that you're getting? Yeah, it's... um. It's extras. I mean, you know, um, families blend together, uh, people move or want something new. So honestly, cutlery is something I see all the time at garage sales. Um, anything from just a small baggie full or uh, entire set. So I am willing to drive to pick up whatever. The other thing is that I am in the interlake. So if anybody is listening and is interested in helping support, uh, my husband and I often will take a drive up to Riverton and Arnest. So I will go as far north as that to collect something, if anyone has anything. Have you spoken to Siloam about this? What do they think? Well, what happened was, I will tell you, I had to stop for a second. I thought... Did I really see that post? So I did call them and checked with them. And um, yet the post was there and they had just started. So um, they're certainly appreciating every opportunity. The other thing is, if people have cutlery and they don't want to reach out to me, Siloam could really use it. And they are more than welcome to just drop it off at Siloam Mission as well. Yeah, I spoke to Luke Thiessen at Siloam yesterday, uh, Brett, and he said, yes, they definitely need this. They wanted to get Gene's name because they thought it was wonderful what you're doing, Gene, and, and they appreciate your support. You can drop it off just like you would clothing donations or other if you want. If people want to get in touch with you or should they just go to a, a Facebook post or how do they do that, Gene? Um, they can if they d- don't have the opportunity to write it down now. Um, they can just check on the Win- on the uh, Winnipeg Garage Sale Map Facebook page. My post is there, and they can connect with me that way. The other thing is, I'm going to give my phone number. They can text message me. Um, so my number is two zero four two nine two five one five two. And as I said, um, I may not be able to come today to get it, but I am in the city once a week and will certainly um, run around and pick up whatever is available. Well, Jean, thank you very much for letting us know what you're doing here. This is a great idea. And, and uh, like Loren said, there, there's a long list of things that we might not think of when it comes to helping uh, the most vulnerable in our community. So this is great stuff. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to get the message out. Gene Gendron joining us live on 680 CJOB. That phone number again, 204-292-5152. And as always, if you want to just make a donation to Siloam Mission, you can do so at siloam.ca. And I I still remember, Loren, when uh, we got to tour that facility, when they took us through the all the stuff that they, they need and that they collect, like even hygiene products, you know, like I, I when I think of what can, I, what can you donate in terms of uh, actual physical things that you think of food, you think of water, you think of clothes, but it goes way beyond that. And I never in a million years would have thought, oh yeah, plastic cutlery, that's out. It's all the little things you take for granted. I've done a volunteer shift there, and, and when it's the time where you can shower, like access the shower, it's a big day for people, right? They want to get in and get clean, and they have the same desires that you and I have. And so the little things go a long way. So you heard Jean there. You can also just reach out to Siloam if you want to help. And we know, man, we know they are feeding way more people now than they were even just six months ago, and that need's going to grow. So thank you, Jean, for all you do and for reaching out.
It is McGarry and McNabb as we listen to some music from The Cars. We're asking you, how much stuff have you been able to cram into your car? Or did you ever cram too many people into your automobile? Or what's the weirdest thing that you've seen in someone else's car? And Rick D says, summer of 76 in the parking lot of Bridal Falls near Chilliwack. We put 23 people Come on. into a Honda Civic. <laughs> Some were not entirely in the car, but all had at least one limb inside. I drove it for one loop around the lot. Oh, boy. Just to see if they could do it, I guess. I don't know what year this is. I assume it's a hatchback. I also don't know if it's a two- or a four-door car. I have uh, put in a follow-up inquiry, Loren, to the uh, appropriate authorities to get to ascertain more information on that. But... Um, that's a lot. Like when That's you see the clown shows, how they get all those clowns into cars, I never understood that. We've all been there, though, at one point, you know, and you, I get it. It's wrong. You should be doing it. But you're like, we could put one more in here. We could put two more in here. It happens. And Sandy from Brandon, she taught first aid programs, Brett, and she said one night after class, my students, quote, helped me load up my car. <laughs> they put the Annie doll in my passenger seat, so like the fake doll that you would use to show CPR and all the rest. Yeah. I giggled. Proceeded to drive home, says Sandy, but I did not know that they called one of our RCMP friends who promptly pulled me over, claiming I was carrying a suspicious passenger. <laughs> oh, geez. I wonder how the Mounties took to that. And on, on the subject of um, cramming too much stuff, I'm just remembering now, boy, oh, boy, this was stupid. Uh, when I was young, uh, stupid, and I guess clearly drunk that evening, probably around 20 years old, we... Uh, that we had one car and too many people. We weren't driving far, like just a few blocks. And uh, they're like, well, either somebody's got to walk. And I said, I'll just go in the trunk. And they're like, what? Yeah, pop the trunk. I'll see if I can fit. And I crawled in like, yep, we're good. <laughs> and then we proceeded, we carried on. And I thought, boy, oh boy, this is really not an intelligent decision right now. But you do dumb things when you're young and you do. not smart. You do do dumb things when you're young. It's It's true. <laughs> It is McGarry and McNabb. Mackling is off today. Uh, another note from James on traffic. This was about 10 minutes ago saying the lights are out at uh, Maine uh, from Cathedral to Redwood. Lights out Maine, Cathedral to Redwood. Uh, so feel free to let us know if that's up and running again. And a reminder that school zones are back in effect as of today. After 8.30, we're going to speak to a couple of super fans, a couple of golden super fans heading to the Labor Day Classic. And on the subject of labor, as we head towards Labor Day, we're now five days into a strike at MPI with another possible round of labor action looming. The union representing 11,000 civil servants is telling its members to reject the government's latest offer, which means they too could potentially hit the picket line. And it's really been a spring and summer of strikes with Labor Day just around the corner. We've got some questions, Brett. So we're pleased to bring on now Janice Thiessen, a history professor at the University of Winnipeg. Janice has also written extensively about labor relations and other topics. Good morning, Janice. Good morning. So when we look at this long weekend, I think a lot of us just look at it as a holiday. But if you look back on the history of Labor Day, what's it really supposed to be all about for, for so many folks? Oh, well, it's... Uh... The first um, Monday in September is uh, Labor Day in honor of um, working class. Uh, it became a holiday in Canada and the United States back in 1894. And it's just certainly been an interesting year 
for thousands of workers. Do you recall anything in recent memory where there was this much labor unrest? Oh, uh, recent memory. <laughs> uh, that's a tricky question for a historian because our memories extend past uh, our own lifespans. But yeah, I mean, uh, the 70s were incredibly active times uh, in terms of strikes within Canada. Uh, the current, in, in fact, they were peak time for strikes. Uh, of course, anyone from Winnipeg knows something about uh, the 1919 general strike, which had sympathy strikes uh, across North America and including uh, some in Europe. So it's not unusual for there to be uh, uh, periods of labor unrest in response to you know working conditions or economic circumstances. Yeah, you know, and when we talk about unions, Janice, they've they've long been a hard part of our history, and maybe particularly Manitoba's history, and they came in for a very good reason. Where do they fit in the future of work? Oh man, uh, I think they fit uh, for the same purposes that they've existed in the past. I mean, uh, uh, it's not until um, eighteen. 18- 72, that uh, we had the Trade Unions Act passed in Canada that legalized uh, labor unions. Up until that time, anyone who was um, getting together with their fellow workers and agitating for better conditions uh, were, cons- were actually possible to be um, convicted of criminal conspiracy. Uh, and you had that happen back in 1872, and there was a massive strike in Toronto uh, working towards uh, a nine-hour day. Uh, a 54-hour week. Um, at that time, those folks were working up to 12 hours uh, in their workplaces. And so that's uh, that's something that has continued on until we got uh, the eight-hour movement. Uh, the slogan was eight hours for work, eight hours for rest, eight hours for what we will. Um, you know, and that's kind of disappeared for many folks these days, um, in part because of technology making you available to your employer 24-7, so you have some movements, uh, labor movements in Europe that have advocated for and succeeded in, in achieving uh, the right to not be contacted or and not have to respond to you know, emails after your eight hours, uh, or in some cases seven, <laughs> uh, of workday. So there's there's plenty to strive for um, and to and there's plenty to regain that has been lost over the last you know 50 years. I mean, one major issue in Canada is uh, wages. Um, the value of your wages, real wages, has been in decline since the 1970s. So often that's where, you know, a union might come in and have that power potentially to influence wages. But then there's also those who aren't in a union. And so do you ever see that there's kind of a conflict between the two or maybe misconceptions between those who are or aren't in a union? I've been in both and I've heard all sorts of things over the years, Janice. <laughs> Sure, for sure. But, uh, you know, the studies show, uh, the statistics show that uh, the wages for those who aren't unionized are raised when union wages end up going up as well, because, of course, it's a competitive market and uh, union wage labor uh, wage scale sets a tone in in various industries. But certainly, uh, you know, there's been in the last few decades a a really successful push for uh, changes in attitudes where um, instead of saying, oh, my gosh, you know, that crowd got this, why don't I have that? The attitude is instead, oh, my gosh, that crowd got this, but I don't have it, so they shouldn't have it either, right? Uh, So, uh, you know, these these attitudes change with time, and they're certainly shaped by political will uh, and varied interests, but uh, the the need for unions, uh, as we're seeing these days, uh, hasn't declined. 
Janice Thiessen is a history professor at the University of Winnipeg, has written extensively about labor relations. Janice, thank you very much for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Happy Labor Day. Happy Labor Day to you as well. And indeed, Loren, I, I, I've been part of a union before. I have, I, I never quite know what my feelings are on, on unions because I've seen the good and the bad. I've seen the good and because I was part of a powerful union that fought hard for the workers. And it was great to have uh, the union behind you. But at the same time, there was a really... It was it was like a contentious work environment because the union and management were constantly butting heads and the workers ended up sort of caught in the crossfire and it just made for like a really miserable work environment. So that can happen. But on the flip side, if you don't have someone kind of backing you up in your corner, you end up in a really uncomfortable situation with, say, working 12 days in a row uh, or 15 days in a row or 19 hour days. I mean, a lot of it is about safety and so when i think of the rules that are in place they're there for a good reason to help you with a safety or with work-life balance and then more than that too i mean i think i think the issue is is that people make have assumptions about how hard that person is working and i think union or non-work union if you're you're going to have people who don't work hard and you're going to have people who work hard and that doesn't really matter what situation there is for the most part that's been my experience you can feel lazy you're lazy (laughs) good point Chance to win Banjo Bowl tickets. We're asking you about times you overstuffed your car. And uh, we heard from Rick earlier who's, who told us about how in 1976 they crammed 23 people into a Honda Civic just to see if they could do it and took a rip around the parking lot. Rick has followed up with saying a couple of us also rode down the main drag in Abbotsford, South Fraser Way, under a canoe tied to the roof of a Volvo. But he says that's another story. Thank you for sharing these memories. I mean, we're having so much fun reading these stories. And indeed, uh, what's happening this weekend, Loren, is going to be a huge source of great memories for so many people because over the next 24 hours, hundreds, if not thousands, of Blue Bomber fans will hit the road for the Labor Day Classic. Among them, we have two super fans who know how to make a good time even better. We say good morning to Jason Bond, better known as the Golden Boy. Hi, Jason. Good morning. Merry Labor Day weekend. (laughs) Merry Labor Day weekend to you as well. And hi to Adam Carrier, a.k.a. Goldmember. Good morning, Goldmember. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad you're both joining. And they've both, Brett, been sending me pictures of their the outfits that they wear or the regalia that they put on for games. And and I'm going to start with Golden Boy. Jason, how often have you gone to Labor Day Classic? I know you're leaving tomorrow, but tell us what keeps bringing you back to this road trip, to this epic weekend. Uh, I started way back in the early 2000s. This is my 16th Labor Day trip, and it is what I consider my Christmas weekend. I just, it's so much fun going out there with all the Blue Bomber fans and meeting up with our rivals. Uh, The first night you're there, it's just a sea of blue. And then when you get there on game day, you just, you're, you're entering, you're entering the uh, enemy stadium and, uh, that when you start walking into the sea of green, it, you get chills down your spine. Now, gold member, when you paint your face gold and put on the gold bomber jersey and gold pants and walk into a place like Mosaic Stadium, how do the Rough Rider fans treat you? Well, I will say the atmosphere has probably changed a little bit since they built a new stadium. I say 
back when it was old Taylor Field, it was a little more hostile back when they had the old student section and stuff like that, and you had to tread a lot more softly. But I think since they've built their new stadium now, uh, I would say it's a lot more of a family atmosphere, and uh, I would say there's a lot more friendly exchanges between us and the Ryder fans, for sure. That's good because it's hard to identify yourself sometimes, even just with a jersey, let alone the way you two dress up. And and uh, gold member does head to toe gold, but it's the face that's painted and golden boy. If you haven't yeah. seen him at games, you have. But you're basically head to toe paint with shorts on, yes? Pretty much. If I can find someone to come on out and wash my back, uh, I'll take the jersey <laughs> off and paint myself. So yeah. when it gets cold, how do you dress, golden boy? Like, do you still stay uh, keep it the same? Yeah, I, I usually end up painting like the face and the hands, and uh, I'm a, I call myself somewhat of a polar bear, so I, I'm pretty good till about mid October, and then I have to start putting pants on. So, gold member, does, how, how long does it take you to get ready for a game? Oh, ten minutes. I get asked that question quite a bit, but I have it down to quite a routine, and uh, yeah, it's basically just putting the face paint on and loading up, and. Uh, Getting my fanny pack underneath my MC Hammer gold pants and uh, <laughs> ready to ready to rock and roll, you know? Yeah, not a big what's, deal. <laughs> what's in the fanny pack? Is like, are you actually using it, or is it just more the costume add-on? Oh no, no, it's the bare essentials there: wallet, phone, etc. Yeah. Are they genuine MC Hammer pants? Uh, yes, yes, they're uh, they're also Harlequin pants too. You can kind of get two versions, so. You see, they go with the super, super tight uh, ones, or you go with the baggy ones. So uh, I'll opt for the baggy ones. Thank you very much. So I, I'm curious. You talked a bit about the atmosphere when it was Taylor Field versus Mosaic Gold right. Member, Go- Golden yeah. Boy. When it comes to the atmosphere now, just because you know, knock on wood, we've had a bit more success. What's that like? Because it, it was a tough go at Labor Day Classic for years. Like this, the odds were just against us every single year. Well, I, I was there for fifty-four nothing. So yes. <laughs> there was there was nothing that could get worse than that. Yeah. Um, no, I would say over the last few years, it's uh, you know they're they're pretty good till the end of the game because of the final result. And uh, we when we win, they're they're not so much uh, handshaking going on, but uh, you know it's it's all fun in the end. So nothing nothing really harmful or bad comes out of it in the end. We are speaking to Golden Boy and Gold Member, two super fans of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They're heading to the Labor Day Classic this weekend. And Gold Member, um, there are some places where you would not want to go. Like I think of Philadelphia, for example. It's my they they have some pretty uh, angry fans, and you probably wouldn't want to go into a place like that. Uh, but when the, this rivalry, you you talk about the the family environment, both of you, that it, it it's not quite as hostile, but I don't know, just in, um, from my casual observation, it feels like the while it's a rivalry and it's a heated rivalry, it feels like one that that the, the fans have really uh, embraced and, and there's this uh, camaraderie even. Is my observation correct? Absolutely. Yeah, like there's a lot of Ryder fans that really go to town in terms of their get-up and, and uh, yeah, they will meet us at Wayne's World, which is a popular pregame party where it pretty much is the go-to for Bomber fans and Quite a few of them come to say hi to come to say hi to us, and you know it's yeah. I would, the only thing I'd recommend is when you're out and about on town, 
uh, as, you, as it leads up to the game, it's probably always ideal to be with uh, a pack of people if you're from Winnipeg. <laughs> uh, probably don't want to venture off on your own wearing blue anywhere is probably the only recommendation I would say. Uh, going to some of the local watering holes down there, but uh, it's not so much where you go. I think as long as you're, you're just with other people. Uh, and as far as at the game, again, it's just... Uh, yeah, you know, it's more people want to take pictures with you than, you know, tell you to take off kind of thing. So yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know for sure I've taken my photo with uh, the Golden Boy. I, I believe it was at the Banjo Bowl a few years ago. But you also sent me pictures, Jason, of your treks at the Labor Day Classic. And one of them has you standing on a fence with your <laughs> sheet. What, do you, what do you call that? A fake gold wheat. Is that Wade's World? It's a sheath of wheat. Okay, look, where are you standing? Is it a backyard party you just invited yourself to? or Actually, that's Wayne. That uh, is Wayne's Wayne. World. Yeah, and so- uh, usually I stand on the fence. And uh, one year I gave this speech out about how we were going to defeat the enemy and feast on watermelon. And uh, <laughs> it's come into uh, every year routine where people are it's almost like wrestling they got the phones all ready to go like <laughs> and then you do your speech and then of course social media takes over next do so wayne's world wait sorry brett i just wayne's world is just someone's house where the party happens do i have that right yeah, correct correct yeah uh back in the old days of taylor field there it was right behind uh wayne's world was right behind the stadium so he uh police were going to start ticketing people for open alcohol so Wayne started bringing everybody into his yard, and uh, it's just it's grown so much over the years. It's and turned it's into its own thing as a result. Exactly. Yeah. So Golden it's Boy, you say you type. Golden Boy, you say you give a speech every year. Do you, did, did you ever get stressed out? Like, do you, how much preparation goes into that every year? I, uh, you know, I, I I feel like Dwayne Johnson standing on the top <laughs> ropes for a wrestling match. <laughs> the Rock. <laughs> Yeah, the dozens and dozens of Bomber fans all chanting <laughs> my name. <laughs> okay, so before we let you both go, Gold Member, if someone's out there listening thinking, this sounds like it's too late now, they probably can't get tickets or they might be able to find someone in, in the scrap yard, so to speak. What's the, the number one reason to go? Because Banjo Bowl is also a really good time. This is a long road trip. It's not, you know several hours of commitment and weekend. What's your selling pitch for someone to try it out next year? Well, I'll tell you what, if you love the CFL and you love the Bombers and you dislike having a good time, you will not, you will not disappoint. Uh, All-Star Tours, which Golden Boy and I have been attending for 15 and 20 years uh, between the two of us, and uh, they do an amazing job, and it's carefree, it's everyone's friendly, um, and if you're a lover of football, you will just love the whole atmosphere. It's ultimately like an American college atmosphere. Um, and uh, it's just a good time. And then Regina does a great job of putting on a good show and taking care of us, making sure we're having a good time. As a matter of fact, a couple of Ryder fans uh, have been contacting me directly, just saying, you know what, this is a good good spot to go. This is the deal you can get here and this kind of a thing. So, you know what, it's a, it really is a can't-lose type proposition. And uh, it's like, like the Golden Boy said, it's Christmas. Well, Gold Member and Golden Boy, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Have a terrific time this weekend. Thank you so much. It is.
heading into the Labor Day Classic. Once again, we just had a conversation with Golden Boy, a.k.a. Jason Bond, and Gold Member. Golden Boy paints himself uh, from head to toe pretty much in gold paint, and Gold Member uh, wears uh, costumes, got the face paint, and the gold hammer pants, gold bomber jersey. Good times to be had this weekend at Mosaic Stadium. We were asking you if you're going to the Labor Day Classic or if you have been. And uh, we've got a great bomber story here, Loren. Yeah, we've got a couple of people who've been, a couple of people who are going, and then a couple of people who just get this rivalry. George saying, good morning. Last weekend, my wife and I went to my cousin's 80th birthday in Regina. Of course, they're hardcore rider fans. So on my arrival, my cousin's son-in-law was the first to greet us. He was in his rider shirt. Of course, I was in my W Bomber shirt. He greeted us saying that he had a shirt for me in his car that he would get for me to wear. I replied, that's okay. I already have a bag of rags in the trunk of the car. <laughs> he laughed. I laughed. We had a great weekend. And yeah, that's what this, this, this weekend's about. It's a classic, classic rivalry. And I love how friendly it's become. And I think maybe it's the Banjo Bowl that that's helped to, because once they made that a thing, it really expanded the, you know, it brought more Saskatchewan fans here, especially when they moved it uh, to the Saturday instead of the Sunday. So that that allowed more people to come here, just like we go to Regina. It also even the score in the actual score. We did better at the Banjo Bowl for years than we have had at the LDC. And that's changed a bit. But it was nice to at least come back and get a wing, win because there were some rough, rough, rough years in Regina. As our guest at 835 mentioned, I forgot all about that 54 Nothing shellacking. So, yes. Yeah. Here's hoping for better things this weekend. All right. It's Friday, just after 9 o'clock. Normally, Greg does the introduction for our next guest. Loren, do you want to take a shot at it? She works for CKND. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> no. I liked I it. Don't. That was good, Loren. She works Marshall. <laughs> Thank you. You know what? Formerly of CGOB fame, the man with a million Facebook friends and now our live reporter, Clay Young, is headed to Regina for that game. And I love, so he posts all these Facebook updates and I follow Clay's life with intense interest. I just absolutely love Clay. And today he was wearing, get this, Loren, he was wearing um, a Bombers t-shirt with Riders sweatpants. Like, oh. what the heck, man? What he's the, con- it, he likes to create the controversy, though. I think yeah. that's what that's about. Yeah, he's he's a potster for sure. Yeah, <laughs> Clay for, for the fun. For yeah, the oh, yeah, he's the best. I'm praying for him. I'm like, please keep Clay safe. <laughs> so, uh, okay, one of the things we're talking about at 9:35, actually, Jay Kilgore from Finns is going to join us to talk La Burger Week. And curious to know, are do you do Burger Week? Yeah, weeks because it's two weeks now. I I'm normally a chicken burger person, but Burger Week it's like full beef. Let's go. I. I have been spending most of my morning planning out what I'm going to eat. I can't wait to go to the beer can. I can't wait to go to the Grove. I love cheesy things, anything with queso. Mm, mm, mm. It's going to be so good and a great excuse to support local, right? Well, they, I'm going to the King's Head today, and they have uh, what they call the, the King's Tower Patty Melt, and it has some sort of special secret sauce on it, but they also serve it with the size of their kind of queso-style cheese sauce that you can either add to the burger or dip it in or whatever. Uh, so it's really good. I got to try it a couple of weeks ago. It's fantastic. You mentioned the Grove. They've got their chips and dip, ch- chips and onion dip uh, themed burger. That's good. Chips and dip is a lifestyle. Loren knows that. I know that because we talked about snacks earlier this week. And so much of it was about snack hacks, right? Like 
um, dipping plain chips in ketchup or dipping popcorn in straight butter. Oh, and yeah. I tried all day not to get any chips. And then the kids go off for, to their various activities. And around seven, what am I doing? But rolling up to the gas station, <laughs> hoping they have some dill pickle dip that I can grab for the chips. Uh, do you have any snack hacks? You know Debbie? what? I've actually been trying to. So I used to always have a bag of chips at all times in my cupboard that I would then eat half of per evening the other half the next night and then go back with a new bag of chips and usually have chocolate almonds too. But I've been trying to save my unhealthy eating for the weekends. So during the week, it's like my body's not a temple. I mean, hi, have you met me? But it's it's cleaner during the week. And last night I was so hungry for something sweet. This is how sad my life is. I found these kind of stale honey checks that I hadn't consumed yet in my cupboard way at the back. And then I took a spoonful of peanut butter and then I was just like taking one check at a time and dipping them in the peanut butter. So they were honey checks dipped in peanut butter because I just really needed something sweet and that's all I had in my house. It was a sad state of affairs and it may have been after like five glasses of wine, but it it worked. I would like honey peanut butter, Lauren. I don't hate it. Well, it's funny you say this. I was just telling Greg the other day that when Brett, when you were away, that I often give up chips and like, you know, chocolate bars or sweets during Lent. But then I like have a, <laughs> like a sliding scale of what those things mean. You know, like it, like, so the chips becomes eventually like, well, nachos aren't chips no. because they're not potatoes. And then it becomes, well, cheesies aren't chips because I don't even know why. And then I consume <laughs> a lot of popcorn and then I sometimes go on kicks of cinnamon toast with brown sugar and cinnamon and butter mm. because it's so sweet. And then honest to God, every Lent, I'm up like 10 pounds. <laughs> I know that's not the point of Lent. I guess that's not what it's about. But I have this, I have a scale of snacks that fit into that window. And, it, and I think the cereal and peanut butter would be one of them. Brett, hear me out. Nachos are not chips. They're corn. They're basically a right. vegetable. Right. You put black beans on there. It's a salad. Exactly. <laughs> it's not. Does it, and I, and I lie to myself every year though, Gabby. I tell myself that I'm going to give it up at all. And then like day four, I come home and everyone's like, I thought you weren't I'm like, it's not a chip, man. It's corn. Leave it's me corn. alone. Corn. It's full of shame, trying to hide it as I come in the house. But, they, but whether it's potato chips or tortilla chips, they, they're so tasty. But they're nefarious. And for years, I don't know when, I don't know when I fell off, but for years I actually managed to have the discipline to just not eat potato chips. I would never bring them home. I'd bring them home like once a year or once every six months. That'd be it. And now I, I think it's just the proximity in which I live to a gas station and a convenience store and Shoppers Drug Mart and Safeway. Like there are four places that are all within three minutes on foot to go buy as many chips as I want. And just calling you. Yeah, I just, exactly what happens. Red, it's the chip aisle. Yeah, and there's no oh, such so thing creepy, as sorry. a there's no such thing as a half full bag in my yes. cupboard. No. I hear you. I don't even know what Gabby's For talking s- about. No psycho behavior. Real quick though, here if you're a corn <laughs> chip psycho. person, Superstore has these Neil Brothers ones. I think they're Canadian. They're blue corn, so it's extra healthy. It's extra salad like <laughs> the blue corn, and they're so crunchy and yummy. Highly recommend those. You're- you know what's making me so mad with chips? Like mad Tell actual us. visceral <laughs> reaction. <laughs> Why are the bags so, so small? It's like every two weeks they get smaller. It's rude. I swear. They're 200 grams now. It's like a, like a, like a slightly plus-sized Halloween bag. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they are, they're, they're, they're smaller and they're more expensive. It costs like three bucks to get one of those little bags. Big chip. It's the big chip conspiracy. But join us next week for more nutrition tips with Gabrielle Marchand, <laughs> the, the host and anchor of Global News Morning, seen weekdays from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. on Global Winnipeg. Gabby, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Happy Le Burger Week. It is 
McGarry and McNabb. Mackling is off today. The song is You've Got Another Thing Coming. We've got Banjo Bowl tickets coming to our winner here. We're asking you at 204-780-6868 to tell us about a time that you overstuffed your automobile, either with stuff or with people or just weird things you've seen in other people's cars. And just for timing purposes, Loren, I think we need to jump to our winner, who is Megan, who told us quite the tale. Megan says, on August 12th, this year, my sister got married in Kamloops, B.C., the Saturday before. I met my mom in Calgary, where she lives, so we could drive through the mountains for a bit. Bit of a holiday before all the wedding prep set in. My mom, bless her heart, is creative. Give her kitchen utensils and an idea, and she will create something beautiful. So, of course, decorating for my sister's wedding was very important. Keep in mind, for the sake of the story, says Megan, the small reception was in my aunt's backyard, and my sister's aesthetic is very much of a like a fairy forest kind of vibe. My mom has been preparing for this for months every day. Megan says, I know my mom. I knew that I was going to be picked up in a very, very full car for this trip. Even that did not prepare me. My mom made a nine by seven photo wall out of pine cones and cardboard. She made a forest in my aunt's backyard with trees that she brought from Calgary, all wrapped in cellophane. We didn't eat out or buy groceries once on our four-day gallivant through the mountains. Alcohol is cheaper in Alberta, so we shuttled all the booze for the wedding as well. We had sleeping bags, coffee makers, an electric cooler. We had paper plates, on-demand snacks, as well as activities. I had one personal item and a carry-on from my flight and nothing more. We almost had to strap them to the roof. (laughs) There was not a door in this entire Kia Rondo that you could open safely. For four (laughs) days, I drove through the mountains, And Megan says, I opted to drive because the passenger needed to be packed right in. I cannot tell you any of the views from the passenger side of the vehicle. And we picked up pine cones and bark along the way. This may come across as complaining, says Megan. And yes, at some level it is. But it's a perfect description of my mother and a begrudging description of many of my own qualities. I will cherish this trip forever and megan sent pictures brett and indeed like you can see branches poking through and the things that sort of create that fairy dust look and she's jammed right in (laughs) at one point there's shoes and socks i think there's a pringles container like you know when you just (laughs) use every possible space to get it in oh megan great story what a road trip must have been stressful too because like i've never driven through the mountains but isn't that already stressful enough you need to see <laughs> and she did out the front and out her side and she could out the passenger it's just that there was one like long tree it was <laughs> sticking through and yeah you really got to be on your toes and but you know at the same time it's those kinds of road trips with, especially with family members that like you'll remember for the rest of your life Megan, thank you for your story. It was This was a tough decision today. We got so many wonderful stories, and thank you for sharing your amazing memories with us and making your life a part of our lives. We really, really appreciate it, and we are forever grateful for this opportunity and privilege that we have to do this here at CJOB. One more story about overpacking the the vehicle, Loren, and you had flagged one that you enjoyed, but you just didn't have time to share it. Our daughter was hitching a ride from a classmate to come home from college in the States. Little did she know, he had offered more rides than he had room for. The car was packed with college students, their bags, and then one peculiar item. 
Have you ever heard he packed everything with the kitchen sink? Well, this guy had a kitchen sink in the car for his parents. They were renovating their house at the time. That sink had to lay across everyone's lap in the back seat for the eight-hour trip. Needless to say, it was quite the sight when going through customs at the border. <laughs> Sharon, thank you for that story. That's great stuff. And thanks once again to all who shared so many fun stories this morning as we head into the long weekend, the Labor Day long weekend. So now, well... <laughs> This happens to me every year. Every year, as the month of August ends, I think to myself, okay, I got to buckle down and try to drop some of the weight I've gained from summer fun. And then I'm slapped in the face with a delicious reminder that September always starts with Le Burger Week, or should I say Le Burger Weeks, because it's two weeks now, Loren. Yeah, and our next guest with those two weeks has two offerings this year, and one of them is going back to the basics. Jay Kilgore joins us from Finns. Good morning, Jay. Good morning. So before we get into what you're offering, I, I'm curious about what goes into preparing for this week or weeks, as Brett pointed out, because it's not just a couple of days. It's an event. Yeah, it's uh, it starts pretty early on in the year. Um, there's lots of factors that you need to uh, um, consider when you're making a burger. Um, execution um, is definitely a big one. Um you don't want to bring in too many, or for us anyway, we don't want to bring in too many new products um, that uh, we can't repurpose in different menu items. And then uh, there's also, you know, you know, you want it to be something that people are drawn to and they want to try and come down to try. So there's there's quite a bit of uh, planning that goes into it for sure. What about staffing? Because uh, I, I don't mean, does it? Do you see uh, an increase in traffic over these two weeks, or is it just a different kind of crowd? Um, a, a bit of both. Um, the last couple of years, it's kind of the, the traffic's been a bit of, de- been on a bit of a decline for Burger Week. Um, pre-pandemic, like 2018, um, I, I was getting, you know, old, old cooks that had worked for me to come back just to work for those two weeks. Um, I think that, uh, it's a bit saturated with food weeks now and that I think it's, it's fantastic, but at the same time, I think it takes a little bit away from each week, which is not a bad thing. Um, we, uh, there was, you know, I had a cook pass out in 2018, we, my head chef, him and I, one night, like we almost slept at the restaurant cause we were so tired. And I think stretching it out two weeks definitely takes some of the pressure off. Um, um, so that, uh, it does help a bit. What's going on in Winnipeg when it comes to these kinds of events? Hal Anderson was pointing out on our news call this morning that like the Burger Week in Winnipeg, for example, or Weeks has more entries than any other city. Um, and some years we just seem to really, whether it's macaroni and cheese or poutine week or whatever, we go all in. Is that because of just the many great restaurants? Is it, are we really foodies in the city? Like what's about, what's going on with this, Jay? Um, so I, I think both of those things factor in. I, I think that just in general, Winnipegers like to support the awesome local restaurants. Um, I think that, um, you know, the restaurants do a really good job of um of providing good offerings for these for these weeks um i think that uh um i I think our climate has something to do with it like a lot of them during the winter it's 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 you know something to get behind and something to do um so i think a lot of those different things factor into it but it it is clearly there's like 180 burger (laughs) burgers in winnipeg to try over the next two weeks uh which is wild well, yeah, and as the run pointed out, like Winnipeg, far and away, even though this thing started in Montreal, um, Winnipeg just crushes the entire competition in terms of across the country. Like there are 28 burgers featured in Montreal, and as you said, over 180 in Winnipeg. Uh, but so I've heard from a couple of places in Winnipeg, they'd actually like to see 
us just simply drop the Burger Week and start our own local event and just keep all, all the money in-house rather than paying to be in, involved in La Burger Week. So what do you think of that, the idea of, of um, making it a local thing? I, I love it. Um, the, uh, like, Burger Week, um, the entry-level package for Burger Week is 250 bucks, and there's a second tier that you could enter, which gets you professional pictures of your burger, which is $400, and then you get a video made about your burger um, if you were willing to pay $1,000 to enter. So if you... Whatever it is, whatever the breakdown is, if you times that by 180, I think there's a lot of good we could do with local charities as well as supporting local restaurants. And um, I think that uh, that the talk of that has been getting louder and louder over the last couple of years. And I know that um, um, I am involved in the Restaurant Association on the executive board. And, um, you know, it, it's something that comes up when we when we discuss quite often, just because we might as well, um, you know, keep the money in Winnipeg and do good things for Winnipeg and Manitoba restaurants. Um, as well as charities. So I, I, I don't think, I, I don't imagine we're too far away from that. Um, it's going to take the proper people to organize it. And there's a, there's a safety net in just entering the Burger Week, right? Because they've already got a crowd. They've got a Instagram account. But I think that uh, with Winnipeg getting so involved with things like this, it's, it's, it's probably the next step. We're speaking with Jay Kilger of Finn McCool's about the Burger Weeks. And Jay, you've got two locations, so you have two different burgers that you're offering. And one of them at your Region Avenue location is called the Pub Smash. And in your description, you say you're going back to Burger Basics with this one. I'll get you to tell us what's in it, but also just, is there anything behind the going back to Basics? Because over the years, um, some of these burgers have gotten grown <laughs> really fancy. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, I, like way back when Burger Week started... Um, it was uh, like the first year you had to keep your burger um, under $10. And uh, we kind of wanted to get back to, you know, creating a really good offering that um, is, is priced really, or has a very good value. Um, so we, the burger itself is uh, just two, two, three and a half ounce smash burger patties, um, it's kosher salt, melted cheese. Um, yeah, it's just a greasy double cheeseburger that tastes amazing. Um, and it's, it's easy for us to execute, but it's delicious and only 10 bucks. So I think that that, uh, um, we're looking at, you know, driving traffic, driving, driving traffic through the price point and, you know, gaining hopefully some new guests and then, you know, maybe they'll come in and order a side. It, it doesn't come with a side or anything like that. We, in past years, we've priced our burgers higher because they come with a side, but we often get, you know, a table of four coming in to share a burger or, you know, four people want to order a burger and they want to hit three spots in the night. They don't want to be <laughs> having four orders of fries. Right. So with the way things are going and people are a little bit more budget conscious, we were hoping that we could, uh, you know, set ourselves apart by offering both, both our burgers, even our grand park burger is uh, it's a $14 price point. So it's uh, we, we kept them both pretty competitive. How many groups come in with you? You just mentioned it there with multiple people sharing one burger, you know, like a big, the, do you get people to say, can you cut this into seven pieces, please? <laughs> Yeah, um, we do. And which on it, like, there's two ways to look at it. Either, you know, it's, it's too bad that they're taking up a space or it's great that you've introduced four new guests and you've got to be confident in providing experience that they're going to be like, wow, I love that place. and I'm going to come back. Um, so that's, that's the way I look at it. Um, we're lucky that we have a bigger footprint at both of our locations. So, you know, it would be rare for us to be full with a lineup at the door on a weeknight. Um, so um, we, we don't shy away from it. We, we, we don't cut the burgers. Uh, we will provide, people, provide guests with a knife and they can take care of it themselves. If you start cutting into four pieces, it's just going to fall all over the plate as you walk it out. 
so uh, that's why we don't do that. But uh, it's there are lots of groups, but it's it's uh, every guest in your restaurant is an opportunity. So you've got to look at it like that. Jay, you mentioned, you know, in some respects that there's been maybe an oversaturation of some of these things with the different weeks or maybe the the interest or how it works. And so is there something you'd like to see added to the calendar for a food week or taken away? <laughs> um, I, um, I, I don't <laughs> There's probably a couple I'd like taken away, but I'm not going to say it on, on the radio. But uh, um, I, I think uh, the last year there was going to be a pierogi week that didn't quite happen. And I think it's, it's odd that we don't have something like that, mm-hmm. considering the large Ukrainian population. I, to be honest, I don't think it's something that I would be able to enter with my restaurants. It's just not really what we do or what we're good at. But uh, um, it would be nice to see some of the... Um, we've got such great uh, great ethnic restaurants. I'd, it would might be nice to see some of those weeks come into play. But uh, that would be the only thing that I think might be missing. The, the, it seems like the rest of the boxes are checked, so... All right. Well, Jay Kilgore from Finn McCool's, two locations, one crossroads on Regent, one on at uh, Grant Park. Godspeed over the next couple of weeks, sir, and we'll see you soon. <laughs> Thanks very much. Have a great day. And Jay is a great follow on X slash Twitter, mm-hmm. by the way, uh, for insight into the restaurant industry and just for some hilarious musings, uh, particularly on his adventures when he's quite honest and open on Twitter. So we very much appreciate Jay's honesty and his time. And uh, that burger, that... I like how you put it. It's just a simple, greasy mm-hmm. double cheeseburger, and uh, I can't wait to try it. It looks good, and you know, like, I, and I get it. Some people do like the extras that are added. You know, like a pineapple or uh, layers of onions or two kinds of meats. Like, I that's fine too. But I, I, the basic to me, maybe you'd throw in some mushrooms. That would be about it. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I, there are some people who like genuinely hate the Burger Week because it's too creative, and I'm sort of like, well, I'll try it. Like mm-hmm. Silver Heights, a couple of years ago, did one where the bun. Was um, it was like an apple? Was it an apple fritter? It was an a- but it was basically like apple pastries were the bun, and and then I thought, okay, that's weird, but I'll try it, and it was fantastic. I never would have thought to try that, uh, but I wanted to get out there and support those guys too, and it was super. So I don't mind the creativity, but sometimes a simple burger. Is yummy, and I can't wait to eat burgers uh, starting at 11 a.m. Ah, we should have asked him. I just saw he tweeted this morning, when you get up at 5 a.m. to make burgers and take them to the radio station and realize you're supposed to take them, wait, he had all his dates mixed up. So uh, I'm going to ask him for a burger. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oops.